Episode 38 of the Stick to Hockey podcast is brought to you by Mac Weldon. MacWeldon.com. You got to go there. You got to check this out. This is a great place for everybody. Uh, you having trouble figuring out what to wear? You want the most comfortable clothes? Well, Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Matter of fact, Mac Weldon, a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design. And here's the best part premium fabrics. The other great part is the shopping experience. You don't even need to leave you don't even need to leave your home. Here's how easy it is. You go right online to MacWeldon.com and you do all your shopping right there. MacWeldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you'll ever find. And they have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. What does that mean? It means they eliminate odor. You always want to smell good. So they want you to be comfortable, feel good in your clothes. And if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they'll still refund your money, no questions asked. But I guarantee it, you're going to love this stuff. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, but they perform well too. It's good for working out, going to work, going out on dates, just hanging out everyday life. Go to Mac Weldon online at MacWeldon, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Trust me, go here, shop, get the great fabric and clothing at Mac Weldon, and it's super easy to check out. So check it out, MacWeldon.com. It is episode number 38 of the Stick to Hockey podcast, a pseudo-emergency uh, episode, if you will. A lot going on. Jason Martinez alongside Russ Cohen. Follow Russ on Twitter, at Sportsology. Myself, at Jason Mert. Follow the podcast, at Stick to Hockey Pod. Uh, follow, uh, give us a rating and review on iTunes, and uh, what is that? Subscribe to it, too, yeah, right? Yeah, subscribe, yeah. I'm not sure why that's important, but I keep getting told that it is. Uh, to solicit people to give a rating and review. It's important to iTunes. It's not like it's really helping us in the end. Uh, in the end result, um, but nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. we, and, and I've uh, I appreciate everybody that has done that and subscribed. It's been a crazy, crazy. I guess three plus weeks now, twenty two days since that day, Russ, when Ron Hextall was fired, Dave Hextall was retained, and then everything that's happened in between, including a lot of bad hockey for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, we're going to get into some questions that we solicited on Twitter, and we've got a bunch that we'll hit here on episode 38. But let's kind of recap here first and foremost. Obviously, the story comes out on Sunday afternoon uh, that Dave Haxtall has been terminated and that Joel Quenville was going to be the next coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, all while the team is en route back home. In from, the air. They were yeah, in the air. Yeah, in the air, coming back from Vancouver the day after the game, as they do now, instead of taking the red eye that night on a West Coast trip. And uh, I, I kind of uh, I, I texted somebody that was on the flight. I said, "Boy, I hope the Wi-Fi on the plane's not working." He said, <laughs> "It is, and it's uncomfortable." <laughs> yeah, because it goes through the plane. Obviously, yep. these reports. And uh, so, w- when you saw kind of what happened in that twenty-four hours, can you kind of sum up what what you were thinking as it was all happening? Sure. I the first thing I thought was, well, we know that Dave was going to get fired, but there was no guarantee Joel Quenville was going to go anywhere, and then. That was what was going through my mind. So the fact that when they landed and then Dave said, I'm going to be running practice on Monday, that was the part where I said almost like you got to pump the brakes here. Like if you're in a corporation and you know that somebody is going to be fired and it was clear Dave Haxtell was going to be fired at some point. There's been some conflicting reports. No, but I mean, look, 
At some Dave point, Isaac, yeah, maybe not the Dave next Isaac day. Dave Isaac got it from a source. Mm-hmm. He did. And, and, and so he was right to report it. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't the only one, but he was the first one. And I stand by him because it's like, hey, that's the report he got. But things can change, like mm-hmm. in life. And There's I think, variables. And I think things did change with Quenville. I think there was probably some back-channeling, which is legal. You can't tamper, though, right? Otherwise, you're going to lose a draft pick. But I think there was some probably some back-channeling. And, it, you know, in the end, while Quenville is on vacation— He probably looked at the Flyers, what the situation was, and said, there's too many moving parts here. I don't want any part of it. I don't expect Joel Quenville to ever come and coach. I think he's out. You think that's a byproduct of everything that happened? I think it's a byproduct. his decision. Yes. Wow. Well, because here, let's look at this. Again, from the fact that Ron got, when he got fired, that wasn't planned. Mm -hmm. So I give them, cut some slack that it wasn't planned. Then, while that wasn't planned... Calvin Pickard did get cut from the team, mm-hmm. right? So Paul Holmgren essentially cut him. Made a decision. Yeah. Made the decision, okay. Which is coming back to haunt him now, but we'll get to that. It's yeah. a long road here. So then we get to the hiring of Chuck Fletcher, which took a little while, but they did. Yep. Then Chuck Fletcher says, hey, I'm going to evaluate the club on the West, which he did, but I was completely against it because I didn't see what you were going to see in Dave Haxtell regardless of bringing in another assistant. Yeah, and Wilson. He's still in Wilson. He still was the same coach. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was a colossal waste of time. And I knew after they won in Buffalo that that was probably going to be their only win on the trip, and it was. Yeah. And so then they, you're coming back, and now you know you're going to fire the coach, but it slags on through the next day. Why did you have a practice the next day at all? Yeah. I would not have had a practice. When I saw all that happening on the plane... Well, there was an off-ice portion and then on-ice portion. Yeah, I... I, After a 12-day trip? (laughs) If I was in charge of the team, when I saw all that going on the plane, I would have told PR, hey, tell everybody practice is canceled. That's it. Period. So this way you're not inviting the media in to watch all this, which they did. So then the media is there, and my first thought also was, at some point... Chuck Fletcher is going to have to talk about this West Coast trip. They should have had something scheduled for that. But I think what happened was, while all this other things were going on and Knobloch was running practice and we found out that Hackstall's fired, well, then it was like, Fletcher, you got to say something, right? So then he came out, and I don't think he was completely prepared to say what he was going to say. So then, and this is what happens now. Like everything is off kilter here, yeah. all the way down. So it's a bit clumsy. Yeah, it's clumsy. So you know, he says all the right things. I have to say, and and he he's got a demeanor that works well in the Midwest. I don't know how great it's going to work here because they expect results here, and so far he's no faster at making the results than than Ron Hextall. But we mm. could talk about that down the line. But he did say something where. When they were talking about, you know, Carter Hart and everything else, and he got quoted as saying that, well, we've tried everything else. Well, here's two things that could have been tried. A, there was no reason to get rid of Cal Pickard when they were having goalie problems. The point is, people are saying, well, Pickard wasn't any good, and and Lyon didn't look good. And it's like, if you're looking for a guy to just literally catch lightning in a bottle, and what you had there, Carter Hart included... It's a bad plan. Yeah. That is a failed, that is a recipe for disaster. So 
So you have that going, and I'm like, all right, I look at that. And you, and you don't like the way that's even termed. No. You've tried everything else, so let's Right, no, no, no. I think it was a horrible thing to say, mm-hmm. and he probably, if yeah, he, I agree. he probably would want to bring that one back yeah. if he could, because it, in the long term, it's not going to sound great. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen with Carter Hart. We'll talk about that, but the idea that because of there's such fanfare in this city with goaltending, with this kid, bringing him into this when the team with a seven point something percent chance to make the playoffs is still hoping to make the playoffs, this is a lot of pressure for this kid. Yeah. A lot. And, and too much for a 20 year old, in my estimation. I don't think there's a goalie in the world. Chad Johnson, point. just bring him in and let him be a yeah. sacrificial lamb until you get somebody in trade like you said you were going to get. Yeah, yeah he's sitting there right now. You could, you you could have bring just him done in off that. Boom, this wasn't him. the only option. That's the mm-hmm. part that I bristle at. And then, and then there is one other thing, revisionist history, that I feel like I have to bring up now that I've been holding my tongue with. And that is, you know, Paul Holmgren was there when they brought in Ilya Bridge-Galloff under similar circumstances in the sense that we're out of goaltending options. What do we do? Ed Snyder says, go get the best goalie. Yep. So Pay him what you need to and get him. Not now, doing this again. the problem was when they got what they thought was the best goalie in Ilya Bridge-Galloff, I didn't like it from the start. I know other people didn't like it, and I know a lot of people didn't think that he was the best goalie, but that's who they deemed the best goalie. But a lot of this now has fallen off Paul Holmgren's back, and basically people have said, well, Ed Schneider wanted Ilya Brzezgalov. I never heard Ed Ed Schneider say, I had to have Ilya Brzezgalov, so I told him to get him. He was brought a list, and they decided through discussion that that was who they're going to get. That's what I always understood. Yeah. You could t- tell me they, if they, I'm they're wrong. They're looking at it through clouded eyes, too, yeah. out of desperation, which is right. never a good never way a good to make thing. an assessment. Yeah. But now, tell me what's going to be different if Carter Hart doesn't win tonight. Let's say he gives up four goals, and they send him back. They say, hey, kid, and I'm patting you on the back. Good yep. try. Yep. We'll see you in a couple of years. They still need a goalie. Yeah. You know, Michael Neuvert will start the next game, but then he's got to overpay and go get a goalie anyhow. So, yeah, because other teams in the league know the desperate situation right. that they're in. And they're not the only team in that situation. Yeah. So they're vying with other On teams. A very thin market. Very thin market. Yeah. And even when you go to free agency, the market's thin in the sense that. You either spend $10 million a year or you get what you pay for. on Sergei Bobrovsky or even Varlamov's going to cost you probably seven and a half mm-hmm. a year. And it's probably going to be for four or five years. Yep. What I'm basically also saying here is inadvertently, Carter Hart is now getting a tryout. That's what he is. He yeah. is going to be he is going to be evaluated today at the NHL level. Yeah. And the problem here, too, is that he's in an unfair situation. Yes. Um, nobody... If they continue to play the way they have, and they may not for a game tonight, you know, I expect that that room is rattled and that, you know, they know that everything has to change. And they've said that room's been rattled for a while and nothing has changed. Yeah. But long term, you can't keep him here long term. You can play him a game, but you got to go out and you got to get somebody. If you have to trade to get a Craig Anderson or a player, a goaltender of that ilk, then it's incumbent upon the GM to do that. Right. And I think that he will. Um, I think that right now, but I what's, think they've what's been trying to so make, long. Yeah, I think they've been trying to make a deal. But again, here's the the thing that that other GMs know: they're desperate, right? So they're asking for much more than they're willing to give up at this point. But you got to reach that point of okay, I know I'm going to have to give up a little more than I want because keeping Carter Hart here for the year is not is what's gonna, it's not going to be what's best no. For even him. if he's doing well, it's not the answer because no, like not. I tell people, you're not going to see what's happening to the kid today, tomorrow, or mm-hmm. next week. You will find out in two years whether you rushed him or not. 
because like we found out with Steve Mason, right? Because yes. guys, you know, I I go back to Maxime Moulet. Yep. He had he had a couple of early starts. One of them, he came in relief, stopped all six. They said, all right, let's start him. He only gave up three goals, and then I guess they identified the fact that all right, at the NHL level, he doesn't look great, and he never played for the Flyers again. He yeah. went and played, I think, what Washington. Yep. And so, and that was a first round pick. I don't want to see that happen to this kid. Yeah, I don't want to repeat history here. Anymore. You don't want to repeat history, yeah. and, and we're almost repeating history in the sense that. A top pick goalie is getting a start. Now, Ouellette was 19, Hart's 20. Okay, a yeah. year's difference. Yeah, well, and then yeah, you're marginal. potentially looking at signing another free agent goalie for some term. That's, that's the part. The other part is the evaluation group here. So the assistant coaches are still here. The power play is like 26th in the league. They're like 28th in the league in penalty kill. They're like... They're bottom feeders in both. They're bottom feeders in both. Both those guys are still here. Mm-hmm. So Scott Gordon aside, who I think is a really good coach, he had a good run with the Islanders. He helped develop, like, Tavares didn't need much developing, but he still helped him along. Mm-hmm. Josh Bailey, Kyle Ocposo, he helped those guys along. Problem is, he's still got these assistants that haven't done a good job. Yeah. And now I'm also hearing people taking the leap of faith, like, well, they asked Scott how, how Carter would be. And it's like... But he's played what twenty games in the AHL. Yeah, I get that. Or something yeah, like that, yeah, I get that he knows him a little bit. But it's not like this is a long term relationship. Yeah, they just got on first name basis with right. each other. Yeah, you're, now you're this right. Is, and so, like, of course they're going to ask him because he's the coach. But my basic point here is, if it wasn't Scott Gordon, if somebody else was coaching tonight, Carter Hart would still be in net. Yeah, that's my point. They didn't bring him up just on the basis that Scott Gordon said "okie dokie." No, and well, I think one preceded because Holmgren already made mention of the fact that yeah. they were going to look at him three weeks ago. Now we get to Scott Gordon. Yeah. So why did it take so long? That's the problem here. You were much more in contention when you could have brought Scott Gordon in two weeks ago. Yeah. Than waiting until all this losing happened, and now you're putting him in there, and it's like, and if you're Scott Gordon, think about this for a minute. They're going to get a Lehigh coach, but right now, today, as we speak, they don't have one. Yeah. Oh, no, no, they did. They put in Kerry Huffman. Huffman is the interim there. And, and Huffman has never actually been, been a, a head, head coach. coach. Yeah. But that's fine. But again, for player development now, see you next June, because we don't know. These yeah. guys are going to have another complete changeover, oh, so yeah. I don't know what's happening to this those. This is the chaos that happens. It's a trickle down. This is the chaos, right. So, But Huffman may, be, may do well. I'm not going to kill him, because it's possible he will do well. Mm. But we go back to, to Gordon. If this doesn't go well for him as, as the interim... He's probably out altogether. Yeah. They're not going to go back and put him back as Lehigh coach because Chuck Fletcher will go and get his own guy then. Because he's going, he couldn't perform here. Right. And the team, and that's maybe is not still what, flawed. And it's maybe not what Gordon mm-hmm. even wanted, but at this point, he's getting back in the game, so he's going to say, I'm happy with this, I'm getting back in the game. Yep. But it's not ideal circumstances for this guy either. Everything is trial by fire right now in this organization, and you can't make great decisions this way. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is the general manager's in a position now where he's got to help the interim coach. Right. And by proxy, help the next coach by making some moves. He could have at least done something. I'm telling you, the fact that he hasn't even picked up a goalie off the scrap heap worries me. Mm. Now, I also did tell you when he got hired that, hey, it's going to be hard to make trades at this time of the year, but I also was told from other people, if you overpay, you could always make trades. Well, then he should have overpaid. We shouldn't even be in this position that we're talking about now, and that's the hard part of Fletcher's job now is he is sort of like a guy who does make deals, but it takes him a while to get there. Clearly, he's trying to gather all this information. You can't gather—I tried to tell this to people last time, but not in great detail. 
you can't gather all the information about all your top prospects in a couple of week period. It's not no, going to happen. It takes much longer. Now, you if you're going to rely on the guys that are currently here to tell you about those guys, that's fine. Brent Flair aside, like he's probably seen some of these guys, and he'll tell you he's mm-hmm. seen some of them, wanted to draft yep. some of them, but he hasn't seen them all lately. And so and he's w- not looking at those guys with the eyes that he was looking right. at. Right. So own it would prospects. take him weeks to get caught up. Yeah. So neither of them are going to make decisions that they would rather make next year, mm-hmm. but the team refuses to, to go in the tank, which again would be the best solution because they might do that anyhow all on their own. Yeah, it, they may not have to try. Right. It, it, basically, you look at where they but are But when now, you put the edict out to everybody, GM included, that we want to make the playoffs. They have to go like 39 and 17 the rest right. of the way to get to 92 but, but or certain, but, but again, remember a couple of years ago, people kept asking me, and I even was on CBS 3, are they making the playoffs? I said, no, they made it the last day of the season. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And it's not going to happen this year, not the way they're constructed. I can't say what's going to happen after they make trades or... That may you know that may change things, but right now everything's being made. The wrong decisions are being made, and looking at the playoffs is not the right way to look at this. Now you got to look at this hockey club day by day right now, and how yeah. you can improve it both now, long term too. Yeah, um, Dave Haxtell, did he get a fair shake? Because yes. the the save percentage of his goaltenders while he was here is remarkably low. Okay, he was never really given. Well, let's talk about the goaltenders. Goal because now you bring up a point that is also a sore point with me. I think the Flyers, as an organization, have done a horrible job of handling the goaltending for the last two years, but especially this year. Mm-hmm. This year it's been abysmal. Let's go back in time. And this, we were all saying this at the time, Anthony Stolarz is a decent goalie. He was never going to be a top-flight NHL goalie. But they were desperate, so they used him to the point of overuse. Mm-hmm. And exposed him. And exposed him. And but this is a guy who came off double meniscus surgery last year. Didn't play a lot this season early on. Played like three games. Then they played him nine straight games. Maybe like when it was two straight games, three straight games. And then a back to back. The GM should have like at least picked up someone off the wire. Yeah. And this is what I'm saying. Like this is horrible the way they've handled this. It's now, usage issues. Yeah. Now I know Ron Hextall brought in Kim Dillabaugh as the savior. I haven't seen it. Have yeah, you? The development? No, I no, haven't. No, I mean... See, Kim Dillabaugh was a guy that gets a lot of credit for Jonathan Quick. Fine. No more Jonathan Quick. Now it's on its own. He's on his... Yeah. He's flat ground here. I give a lot of the credit to Jonathan Quick. Right. I mean, he invented a whole new way of playing the position, he essentially. Did. And, and I don't want to kill Kim. Yeah. I don't want to kill Kim, but at the end of the day, between the Flyers... He's not Mitch Korn. You know, everything gets talked about with, like, the Eagles doctors and everything. You could be talking about that, right? about that, right? Yeah. You could <laughs> be talking about that with the Flyers, <laughs> with their goaltending. Yeah. Based on how they're training, how are they resting, how are they recovering. They have a sports science department. Are they even still in business? Or did they hang the clothes sign the minute Ron left? I don't know. And and part of that staff's job is to assess a player's ability to get back to being healthy to stay healthy. Correct. That's a big part of the equation. Michael Neuvert, prime example. Um, Now, answer me this. Why can't Neuverth play tonight? I know he was away with his kid, yeah. but why can't he play tonight? Yeah, well, I think the kids, here's the deal. I think they're playing Carter Hart tonight because it's the Detroit Red Wings and it's not the National Predators. Okay, so. And if you play Neuverth tonight, probably gets hurt, and then you got to play Carter Hart against the Predators on Thursday. Okay, but he could play tonight. They're well, choosing. If he's rest, he could play. Yeah. Well, he's going to be the backup. At, well, Ross, anytime Michael Neuverth is the starter, I bring my equipment to the rink. <laughs> Because I know there's a good chance I could be called on right. as the emergency. No, and I get that. <laughs> but but my basic point here is we kept hearing that, 
Well, Michael Neuberth's back from, you know, being away with his family. Mm-hmm. Got a, you know, a kid come. Great. But he can't play. Why? Yeah. Why can't he play? Why is Carter Hart being rushed? Well, they, well their, their answer would be, well, he hasn't been on the ice with the team enough because he was in the <laughs> delivery room. He had the salad spoons right. out. You know, right, thing. right. You know, he's there with the glove waiting for the baby. And, and I it. do want to point this out, too. I And I wrote something today about Carter Hart. And, and to, you have to write that, hey, lately he's 4-1 and one with, you know, and 9.30 percentage. But there's ups and downs in a goaltender system, oh. a season rather, and he started the season off slow, mm-hmm. and he's had this good momentary time, and that's the AHL. The NHL is completely different. Now, do I think even as abysmal this de- as this defense is, it's better than Lehigh? Sure. Yeah. So he'll have better defensemen in front of him, but he's also going to have Dylan Larkin down his throat. He's going to have Athanasu down his throat, and he's going to have Michael Rasmussen living in the crease. Those are things that the Flyers' defense may not be able to solve. Yeah, and the thing is, is the high danger chances at the NHL level right. are buried. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, there's, you know, you talk about the funnel when it comes to a goaltender, which is basically the sides. You know, that's where you know eighty five percent of the shots come from in yeah. this league. The I mean, Flyers have been giving up way too many opportunities in the middle in that high danger area between the circles. Right. So. And and Dennis Chalowski is a guy who will shoot from anywhere as a defenseman mm-hmm. and that is the worst enemy of a young goalie mm-hmm. because of screens and other things. There's variables, that's we, why. If I'm Scott Gordon and I'm not, I would be trying to imply uh, to apply a lot of shot blocking tonight. Absolutely. For this kid. The, the the mode that I would be in. And Christian Follin would be in and McDonald would be out. Yes. And the the message would be protect the house. Right. Do not let anybody in our house. Right. And keep everybody away from the net to the outside. Right. We want He'll shot suppression. Because, yeah. look, their goals for for this year, the Flyers, stinks. It's mm. one of the worst in the league. Part of it's because of the power play. Yep. But they don't score a lot of goals anyhow. So the idea that all of a sudden they're going to magically score a lot of goals because the kid's in net. Yeah. No. no you no. have to probably work on shot suppression mm. and hope for the best there. Now, it's Detroit, right? So everybody says, eh, it's Detroit. That's why he's so in there. Better, better record than the Flyers. I agree with you, but they do have a better record than the Flyers, and they're better lately. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. It's very interesting. Let's get to some of the questions because okay. I, got, I got a bunch here. So let's start. Uh, well, this first guy asked, actually, uh, Daniel Shrylock Jr. said, do you stream live anywhere the Stick to Hockey podcast? Love your hockey knowledge. Um, well, yeah, it's on iTunes, and if you're listening to it now, you figured it out. Congratulations. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so let's go to this question here, and this comes from John Mutz on Twitter, and he says, what is the answer for all of the defensive struggles and turnovers? Is there any defensive help available either in the Phantoms or available through a trade? Thanks for your insight. So, first of all, the D, a lot of people look at it and say, the D on this team stinks. They're giving up way too many chances, way too many shots, and high-quality shots. But it's not just the D. It is the team defense right. that has been the problem. Right. Now, the Raffles back. He's a good defensive forward. They really did miss him in that regard. Look, Gosta Spears lost confidence. We could say that. Oh. It's obvious. And so that has, somewhere affected, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. that has affected his defensive play. You know, Andrew McDonald sort of reeled it in last year, but he's not good defensively. We know that. Mm-hmm. He's a puck mover. Gudis is. Gudis is what Gudis is, but he's okay defensively. Like so you have to go with the system. If no offense, if Barry Trotz were here, the system would be in place. The Islanders don't have really any better defense or defenders than the Flyers, but they have a better system. The well, system's working there. point. Look at last year. The the amount of goals that the Islanders gave up last year gave the illusion that they had bad goaltending. Right. Then you come into this year with Barry Trotz. All of a sudden, they fixed their goaltending problem. Yeah. Why? Because the defensive system, like, I go back to it again. Kevin Woodley always says it. 
goaltending does not happen in a vacuum. Right. It's a it's a circum it's a, a collection of circumstances that happen on the ice and. The system that they're running right now isn't good. Provorov has regressed this year, does not look good. His confidence is somewhere drifting towards Gosta Spares, yeah. and they, they got to figure that out. Well, um, the I, turnovers, the, last the part, zone exits, all bad. That's, yeah. that's a collection of that's, that's five big. unit exiting zones. So, to answer the last two things quickly, I would give Philippe Myers a, a shot. I would. I would bring him up and, and give a look-see. As far as getting a defenseman on the market, do you want Duncan Keith? I mean, do you want to take on? He's an over. You know, the problem is he signed his contract when he was past thirty-five. Mm-hmm. So then, if he does crap out, then you have to worry about the LTIR situation. Yep. Like with Chris Pronger, there's not a lot of guys out there that you could really get defensively that are going to really make a difference. Now, are you going you to look tr- at a Colton Pareko or yeah, Pareko? Pareko can be gotten, but Big you're going body. to be giving up major assets. You'll be giving up Morgan Frost. You'll be yep. giving up. Radcliffe, you'll be giving up Haig or or maybe even Gostaspear. Yeah. So that's what you're going to give up. Is that what you want to do? It might be, but right now I would just bring up Myers and see what I have there. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gordon will will get a better defensive structure there. Maybe. Okay. Uh, next question comes to us from uh, uh, actually it's uh, it comes from us from TJ McConnell seventy six. Um, he's not the real TJ. I was going to say that TJ McConnell. He's yeah. pretty good. We could use him. Uh, he says Jason. Any chance that Carter Hart is here to stay? I don't think so. I think this is get him up here quick, maybe take a, a little bit of sting off of all the craziness that's happened, uh, get him back to the Phantoms because we've got to trade for a goalie. I still think there's a 20% chance he stays because the slippery road is he wins this one, okay, let's see him next one. He wins yeah. the next one, okay, let's see him next one. We win the next oh, one, then you okay, it. we see him. But he's going to bail us but, out. Right? So you, but you tell me that's not a possibility. Yeah, if he looks good, he'll stay. Right. So, and like if he goes out tonight, plays well, and they win four to one, he stops thirty seven of thirty eight. He, he's staying. Then boom, he starts Thursday, and they win four to two. Right. Over the Predators. Now, oh, now he's beating a good team. Right. Now you start to go, okay, what's happening? But something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Terso forty eight says, "Who would you want in return for Jake Voracek?" Well, for one thing, I would want to have a team worthy to take, be willing to take his contract. Eight I mean, half million dollars. Yeah, and and still like a lot of term. Like twenty twenty two or something. Twenty two twenty three. Twenty two twenty three. I mean, and no offense to Jake, he's a really good player. I don't think he's an eighty point a year guy most years. Mm-hmm. And this year, he's been really up and down. Really, yeah. I mean, some games for like five minutes a game, he'll take over a game. Yeah, he can dominate. But for that's it for like a very small mm-hmm. window in some games, he doesn't do it enough. I don't know if there's a market for Jake Voracek. That's you, the problem. You, you would have to probably include some kind of prospect in a deal with him, a high-level prospect. Yeah, you would have to put Frost probably in that deal yeah. and and then get somebody back also with some salary, but a yeah. good player. So it well, That's is, the other part. Not a lot of teams ha- can fit $8.5 million. That's the cap. other problem. It would have to be like an Arizona or a Vegas. And so I don't think there's a big market for that. Now, I do think there's a possibility with Chuck Fletcher coming in here that you could see a Claude Giroux get traded down the road. I do. Hmm, very interesting. I know, I know people will gasp at that, but at some point, you have to trade him when he has a lot of value. He's got a lot of value right now. 
Do you see him still as the main cog going down the road? If you don't, if you see it as Frost or or one of those other guys, mm-hmm. then you might trade him. And at least, even though he's got a similar contract to Voracek, no yeah. he does a lot of things, though. He penalty well, kills. Be- top guy in the NHL. Top guy in the power off. play, yeah. face-offs. So he's a lot more tradable, or at least to get a lot of assets back, mm-hmm. than Voracek. So you might have to look at that if you're the GM. Yeah, and, and the question is, will he waive the no-movement clause? I think he might. He's under the, spoken to it, but again, this goes back to the long term. I think I remember. I think I remember him saying he doesn't want to like be a, a hurting the team with his contract. So I think he said he would look at it. Right? I think. No, last year he said he he wants to stay in Philadelphia for the duration. So last year he said during yeah, the duration. Actually, I thought maybe I've it was before. Him off the record. About okay. It, so yeah, he wants to be here. Okay. So, but but you know, situations do change. This they is do. A year ago when I had the conversation yeah. with him. Yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, one here from Chris on Twitter. He says, out of the younger group of players, 6, 11, 19, and 23. So, of course, that's Sanheim, yep. Konechny, yep. Uh, Nolan Patrick, uh, and uh, Limblom. Who do you think is the most likely to be traded? I don't want to see any of them go, but if they want to acquire all the items on their wish list, top 4D, a goaltender, or a 3C, I worry it's going to cost something that is painful to give up. It'll be Sanheim. Because yeah. You think that's the, most, that's the one they would move? No, I think that's the one that will be asked for most, because yeah, I, I do, do think they're going to be getting that top 4D, like they got Pronger. Again, if you want a roadmap of what the Flyers are going to do, just look at Paul Holmgren, what he did in the past, and mm-hmm. they're going to do something similar to that. So I think it would be Sandheim. Okay. Here's a question from Bill Watts. And I'm not saying I'm good with that. I'm just saying this is what I think will happen. Yeah. And this is a great question from Bill, and i, I got to speak to this, too. He says, why the confusion with the reporting of the Hackstall firing and Quenville hiring? There seems to be something to the rumors of hiring Q, but a lot of denial coming from the organization. Things aren't adding up. Now, first of all, Quenville was asked about it by Andy Strickland, and Andy Strickland would get an answer from Quenville, and he said, yeah. I, I have not accepted anything. And he would never admit to accepting anything right. until another coach And they've fired. never had a conversation, and they haven't spoken in two years, and you could look at my face when you know I, I hear stuff like that because well, yeah, that, of there they are that. text messages. The league doesn't check mm-hmm. text messages. And, said, and, and Chuck said he texted Quenville when he was terminated, right. wishing him luck. Here's the deal. They didn't ask for permission. Chuck right. said that. We haven't asked him. For, so there's no official communication. Right. But that Nothing official. But that doesn't mean there's no communication. Right. So, And we've heard the reports that Quenville either A, wants to coach after the holidays, or B, wants to wait until the offseason. Right. I've always said the offseason because that's when he can really pick his spot, drive up his dollars, right. and find the perfect situation if he indeed wants to go back to coaching. Right. But if you look at Quenville right now, why would he come here? There's no number one goalie. Defense is shaky. I got to work on the defense. I'm, it's similar defense. Maybe to that's what, why Carter Hart's here. The show me's got a number one goal. Well, lead. maybe similar defense to what Chicago had. Mm-hmm. Some aging players, some youth. Uh, yeah, that's not a great package for for well, they Quenville. Do, they do have something that a lot of teams don't have though, and that's going to be salary cap space coming up, right? And prospect pool, right? So, not that he's going to be downloaded on Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee right. and O'Brien and all that. But that being said, now the confusion part about Hackstall firing and the report and the Quenville hiring. And I put this on Twitter, and you and I both know Dave Isaac. He's a good reporter. Yeah. Um, and and other people went with this from, from Broad Street Hockey and others, but put that this was confirmed, and they, that's what they're hearing from the, from their people. First and foremost, things change. Right. And I put this on Twitter. Nothing is ever done until it's done. Right. Things can be going in a great direction, and boom, they can take a left turn, and yep. it's over. That's number one. Number two, a lot of times— you do not know a, a report does not get validated instantaneously right. in our on-demand instant world. Right. Sometimes things take time for the report to be fully validated. Yeah. And you know, f- 
first part of that report was Haxtell fired. Now that part has happened, and I know a lot of people are saying, great job for reporting that. And But some people are also saying, but you said Quinville hired. So, you know, if, okay, if but, you got but the information, is... he was going to be fired. And you got, so, but again, that may be a part that takes time. It does. This is when happen. I go back to, he definitely got a an email, a phone call, or a text, and he reported on it because it's somebody who had given him good information before. This time it wasn't. Yeah. Or maybe it was good for a few minutes, and it wasn't later. Yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah, and, and sometimes that's the way it happens. Yeah. Those things are going to happen, but in the grand scope of things, and I don't know what the, the deadline is here to, for this report to be validated. Maybe it's the start of next season. Well, now it is because, you know, mm-hmm. Fletcher said that Scott Gordon's here to the end of well, the he season. he has to say that, though. No, he so, doesn't. No, well, he doesn't. Well, I know why he said it, because he just basically put – Dave Haxtall as an interim coach, and it didn't work. So now you put Gordon in there and say, uh, "Yeah, he might be here a couple weeks. He might be here a couple months, or he might be here." No, 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 no. Still in that. I think I don't have to impress him. No, no. I think the Flyers had a hope of going big game hunting. It didn't happen. So I think Gordon will be here the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are any other options that they're going to try and go to in season now. Yeah, no, I mean, there's McClellan, and there's Vino. Yeah, I don't think they're doing and, any of that. Nobody else is going to shake loose. Correct. That's going to make you go want to disrupt the season again. Correct. Um, okay, let's go to uh, Misty Love on Twitter. She says, at this point, it's clear they're going to make a big move with one of our vets, Jake or Wayne. With that being said, who brings us a bigger haul, and what would you be looking for in return? Well, they're such different situations. Wayne it Simmons is. is on an expiring contract. Right. Can help a team that needs a little bit power play help, a little bit of toughness, a Toronto yeah, to try and push for. Well, a he's from Marlboro, and yep. and I brought that up like two months ago that I thought maybe they could trade him there. To be honest, I don't know why it's gone this long. I mean, again, because of these faint playoff hopes, I guess they've sort of kept him around. But now the problem is, like John Shannon just said on the midday show here, hey, Wayne Simmons is a really good player, but you know he's he, he's basically not what he used to be. He's taken a lot of mileage and a lot of hits. Hundred and seventy five pound body. Wayne Simmons' value was higher two months ago than it is now. But they have to trade him. Yeah. So he is going to be the tradable asset, and because his contract's expiring, they won't get a ton. They might get a... It's possible they could get like a low first-round pick, a conditional. Like if that team makes the Stanley Cup, let's say it's the Leafs, then it's a first. If not, then it's a yep. second. They might get that. They might and, and a player. And so like if you're looking... At, Kasperi Kapanen is the name that yeah, I've heard brought up. Kapanen... They would try. That would be a last-minute deadline deal mm-hmm. if the Leafs were a little desperate. Otherwise, the Leafs are going to try and talk you away from Kapanen and try and give you like a Brocco, who's really yeah. good. I mean, he's on a, a tremendous hot streak now, or somebody of that ilk, but not somebody who they really think could help them on this potential Stanley Cup run. And they wouldn't delay that as much as they can because if they suffer an injury to yeah. a Nylander or whoever, then Kasperi Kapanen all of a sudden is even more important to that team. Right. So I think I, I do think the Leafs are a possibility. I do think uh, a team like Minnesota could be a possibility if you gave a defenseman in return, if they could get, because again, even though they're kind of tight to the cap, they could give you like a Jared Spurgeon who has some salary and take Wayne Simmons' salary, and at the deadline, it doesn't really hurt them that bad. Mm. And again, Minnesota is a team I picked out of the West. You know, you give him Wayne Simmons, you put him with Eric Stahl, like, you know, things could happen for him again. 
this is you know a good time for a team that needs just a little extra push and toughness for playoffs to get a guy like this. So I think him. I also I also think Colorado. Yeah, I think Colorado is another yeah, team. A team that's looking to capitalize. No yeah, doubt about it. And, and they they've got a lot a little, of finesse guys. Yeah. They could use a little of that. So I think those are the kinds of teams. The players that I'm mentioning are sort of like what they could be looking at. All right, last question, and this comes from Chris Malanga. He says, at what point do we decide that instead of trying to claw our way back to getting to be a playoff team, to get a high-impact player early in the draft and make a trade to bring in someone to help in the offseason, best-case scenario, you land Hughes, and then you try and add a Tarasenko in the offseason. Now, Tarasenko's no-move clause kicks in in July. Correct. First and foremost. So you'd have to do it before the offseason. Yeah, before then. Um, and then, and obviously Hughes is a franchise-changing player. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean you are so downloaded on this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even funny how franchise-changing he is. But we'll see him in the World Juniors playing with his brother. Yeah, and and you will get to look at that. The whole world will. But the idea is, there's only a percentage chance of that. So even if you get what a twelve percent chance, like when when the, when they got Patrick, right? When they moved up to get Patrick, that had almost never been done before, where a team moved up it's to the second jump. place. Yeah. yeah, since the lottery. So. You can't really play it that way, and unfortunately, I think the Flyers are going to wait until they're officially eliminated. I think it's going to go down to the very mm-hmm. last bitter end with that. Fans aren't going to like it because it could be ugly yeah. before that happens. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is you look at the situation now and you go, well, you can't, it doesn't make any sense to tank right now. Well, Why not? You're, sure already there does. you're already there. Yeah, I mean, there's only just a few stay teams there. in the league with a lesser amount of points like the Kings. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just not, you're just... I mean, if, if I was tanking today, I could call up somebody. I could trade Simmons. I could make deals right now. Mm-hmm. Get futures. Get other players that maybe are ready next year. Maybe you don't have to go so deep in a prospect pool. I could. You could do it in ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not difficult to do. You're absolutely right. A lot of good questions. Again, uh, follow the podcast at Stick to Hockey Pod on Twitter and uh, at at Sportsology for us at yep, Jason yep. Mert for myself. We got a game tonight. We do the debut of Carter Hart. But uh, next week is Christmas week, so we're going to be off. Yep. Um, unless something huge well, the happens, trade we'll freeze. The trade freeze. 19th? Yeah, it's the nineteenth. So what is that? Tuesday. Tomorrow. Yeah, Wednesday. Right. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the trade freeze is tomorrow. So literally, Chuck Fletcher has a day to make a trade. Now, I have a feeling if he doesn't, which I, you know, I think odds are against him doing one, mm-hmm. that the Flyers fan base is going to be upset. Yeah. I just feel like they are. Absolutely. Only I because agree. the expectation was when Dave Scott had that press conference mm-hmm. that we're going to, you know, do something now. And, yeah. you know, and he mentions course. the deadline. And yeah. There's a lot of things that were said that you probably go, uh, maybe would, let's not put timelines on anything. Here. Right. Let's just kind of like deal with one thing at a time. Right. But that's not, that's not what is happening. And things are a mess right now. And we'll see if they, and they're selling a few more out. tickets tonight, but the but Wells Fargo is not going to be sold out just because Carter Hart's in net. No, well, th- those are the people that really are deep in it. Understand yeah. what's on the line tonight with this young goaltender. We'll see how he handles it. It's going to be very intriguing. And uh, I, I'm I tell rooting you what, for the kid because I always root for the prospects, no matter what yeah. team, no matter what organization. Yep. Of course, I'm rooting for the kid. Yeah. So we'll see. And, and the other thing is too is even if it's not a good statistical season for this team. It's going to be very interesting go, all oh, yeah. the way through. And oh, sure, because the there's a lot of things that could happen mm-hmm. between now and then. Essentially, too, in the off season, then they'll hire a coach, or Gordon will get extended, but most likely they'll hire a coach. By the so, way, I think it still will end up being Quimbo. I don't think so. Okay, you want to go uh, sandwich bet on it? Yeah, sandwich right, bet. I'll yeah. take a turkey hoagie okay. uh, with cheese and lightly toasted. All right, that's all right. fine. 
and then you tell me what you want. I'll you, surprise you. Uh, you want like a? You're gonna go with like a a tuna. I might go with a tuna. I like a good like the Italian tuna hoagies. Okay. Those are good. I might go with that. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see. I don't right. think I'll be buying it for you. Yeah, yeah, I think you will. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a merry Christmas. If we don't. Uh, have another emergency episode before. (laughs) Uh, Have a great new year and enjoy your hockey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Stick to Hockey podcast.